0: I'm Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com. And I'm here with my dear friend and fellow astrologer, Christina Rodenbeck from oxfordastrologer.com. And we're here to talk to you about astrology, what's been, what is, what's coming. Um, And do please check out our websites as well, because we both do. I do weekly horoscopes. Christina does monthly horoscopes, and you can sign up for those on a subscription service. And they're fantastic to read as well. But here we are talking about astrology. Exciting month coming up, eh, Christina? And an exciting month it's been, actually. It all seems exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we're, we're
1: going into eclipse season, aren't we? And that's always fascinating and there's stuff happening. Um. Yeah, how was your... Let's do a little bit of retrodiction, Sally, shall we?
0: Oh, yes. Um,
1: how was your... How have, you, how have you been in the past four weeks?
0: Well, I've kind of... I've really noticed. I mean, Aries Ascendant. I've really noticed that Jupiter. It's been quite full on. I'm constantly, you know, really busy social, chasing my tail. Lots happening, kind of that Jupiter expansiveness. So it's been great, but um, I'm actually hoping for a bit of a quieter time. Maybe we'll get that this coming month with the uh, marriage yeah. grade as well. <laughs> well, I don't know, um, but yeah, it's so. It's um, I'm very aware of that Jupiter. It's kind of like you know, really, really busy. And the other thing I do, I, I really noticed, particularly with clients and friends, was when Pluto moved into Aquarius, which was right at the beginning. I mean, it was March 23rd. So it was kind of the beginning of Aries month. There were a lot of breakups or things coming to an end around then, which I thought was actually quite interesting, you know, as Pluto represents endings. Um not necessarily as well with Pluto triggering people's charts, but just this theme of relationships coming to an end, jobs ending unexpectedly. So I thought that was quite interesting as well from you know last month. How about mm. you? You've been it's been a bit different for you, hasn't it? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been. I have
1: been really, really digging down and and rooting myself, and actually having a really great time. And I'm assuming it's Saturn in Pisces. Mm. Um, Can't say that Saturn and Pisces last time round was any good for me. I had a horrible, um, Mm. my first, uh, you know, the first time that happened, which was years ago, 28 years ago, but this time it's good because I'm a super Pisces. As everybody knows, I have many, many planets in Pisces Mm. and, um, I'm finding Saturn and Pisces incredibly grounding. I've been doing a lot of gardening,
0: Mm. Mm. um,
1: and uh, I've also done a lot of religious stuff of various religions. So you know, we had Passover. We, we uh, I went to did the Eucharist at the cathedral here, which was fantastic um, because, of course, there's the most incredible choir, and the you know they all have the gold outfits on, and it's a sung Eucharist, so it's incredibly beautiful mm-hmm. and powerful service. And also, I have have my um you know shamanic um clan gathering Mm -hmm. i had that as well all in the last week so it's been it's been holy it's i've been doing a lot of religious style things and i feel that's very saturn and pisces Mm -hmm. but also i have to admit i have been watching this ai thing with great interest Chat gpt the response uh, I don't know if you've seen, there's been a um, this petition uh, calling for a moratorium on AI by a petition by, you know, top Silicon, you know, people who know about this stuff, who are saying it's incredibly dangerous. What are we doing? And I yeah. felt, wow, that is Pluto and Aquarius yeah. you know, saying this is actually we don't know what we're doing with yeah. this. And because AI means this, AI means it's something that teaches itself. Yeah. So it's going to be smarter than us very soon. So um, I've actually been experimenting a little bit with chat GPT Mm. um, and um, actually finding it hilarious, (laughs) which is also kind of worrying. Well, because you can ask it to write something in that we asked it to write a um, description of the coronation and why Prince Charles would be using astrology in the manner of the sun newspaper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh mentioning Camilla Parker Bowles aromatherapy and uh um Megan Markle's ankles. Um and it did most brilliant job. Yeah. I mean fantastic. I did think all hack journalists these people who write these awful columns complaining about, you know, ah, it's outrageous that Charles is using astrology. Um it had the language perfectly for this. Yes. It yeah. did yeah. it really well. I thought, oh hack journalists out of a job. You just need to write in the theme and there it'll produce the column for you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's worrying that it starts funny because often scary things start hilarious. Yeah. Don't they? I mean Hitler was laughed at,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: So yeah. Uh, and um so I'm I'm watching that with great interest and thinking it's interesting that Pluto goes back into Capricorn and in the in June, if they get their moratorium, will it start in June and go on till when Pluto goes back into Aquarius in January? Mm. Um, I personally can't see what difference that's going to make because A, you're not going to be able to get a moratorium across the planet. People won't agree. Uh, and B, we need to do start thinking about it now, putting stuff in now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They're really interesting timing, isn't it?
1: It's perfect timing. I mean, Pluto. absolutely Pluto, perfect timing.
0: Because AI has been, I mean, it's been going for ages, but chat GPT and, you know, the, um, the sort of artificial intelligence, people have been sort of working with it, using using it since the end of last year, more, I think it's been more in the public eye. So for Pluto to come into Aquarius and say, hang on a minute, you know, how dangerous is this? I mean, this is a side of Pluto, isn't it? The danger side. So I think it's great timing. Yeah. I mean, it
1: is yeah. it is really dangerous. That's that's the thing I hadn't quite kind of grasped until Pluto came into Aquarius. That yeah. it's actually it, there's a whole bunch of stuff about this that we need to consider. Uh, ethics, basically, we need to talk about ethics. Mm-hmm. And I think that Pluto. It's that's also interesting that Saturn is in Pisces with this discussion of ethics, mm-hmm. um, and Pluto is sort of the anti ethics planet. But Pluto has no ethics. You know it's not about ethics, yeah uh, you know when we talk about ethics, we're talking Jupiter, Saturn stuff,
0: yeah
1: um, and Saturn in Pisces is talking about ethics on a very, very, very big scale. It's mm. about religious ethics, you know um mm. or ethics for everybody mm. and uh, yes, so I've been a very fascinating month I, I've actually really I'm really enjoying it. I've been really enjoying it, and enjoying the the fact that it's. I feel that the Saturn and Pisces has raised the discourse a little bit yeah. away from like you know how did Boris Johnson blow his nose to what are we how are we really thinking about the structure of our society and mm. of our um, philosophy? Having it's raised it to a more philosophical level as sort of public discourse.
0: Mm. Interesting. Well, let's hope it progresses like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Cynical laugh there. Maybe it's my own
1: private public, dis- you know, my my projection of what's happening, probably. Um, but yes. Um, so we're going into Taurus month.
0: We are. We are. And it's always a lovely month, isn't it? You know, particularly, you know, Northern Hemisphere, it's, it's abundance. Produce juice, things growing. And yeah, let's hope that, I mean, it's been dreadful weather here in the UK. Oh, blimey. I mean, mm. winds, rain, spring just hasn't really got going. So I suspect, you know, the sun's move into Taurus will start to bring the better weather. And also often when Mercury turns retrograde, which it will be doing in Taurus, that often shifts the weather in some way. It's very linked to the weather. You often get extreme weather. So maybe we'll leap into a you know, a really sort of abundant and sunny uh, month ahead, which I, I and, and we can be outside in nature, in the garden, getting things growing. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it's always a nice season, tourist season, isn't it? In that in that sense. And weirdly,
1: I mean, um it's actually, the weather's been sort of interesting and okay here. I know it's been different on the south where you are. Yeah. This is a tiny country. The weather can be completely different on one side of the south mm-hmm. downs and the um, of the north downs, which are the chain of hills, and the, other, um, and the other side. So it's been windy and rainy, but also very sunny and incredibly beautiful. And I think spring is slightly more advanced here.
0: Mm, We're
1: full, cool. fully flowering. Um, so I've been in the garden already. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope it spreads to you. Thank now.
0: you. Yes, I've not been swimming in the sea yet. So it's, you know, that's that's what I want as well in Taurus season. To mm-hmm. be out walking, to be in the sea, to be in nature. I mean, it's a perfect time. And slowing down a bit. You know, I've found this Jupiter and Aries very frenetic. So moving mm-hmm. into a new season, you know, I want some of that, right? Let's kind of feel more grounded, more settled, and I'm hoping that's coming as well, although change is on the way too.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, it's quite a month ahead, isn't it, that we've got. Yeah. Uh, but before we get there, do we want to say anything about Torians in general? Because we often sort of sing the praises at this time.
0: Well, the, I mean, you know, I was thinking who's in the news at the moment. I mean, the only one that always springs to mind and is the Blooming Queen, I know yes. she's not even around anymore, but of course, you can't help but think of it because it's the coronation coming this month as well. Um, and she was just the classic Taurus. I mean, that <laughs> the longevity side of Taurus, fixed earth, going, going, going. I mean, that long reign as queen mm-hmm. and all her love of, you know, corgis, horses, <laughs> nature. I mean, she was just she couldn't have been, I think, a more classic Taurus and quite stubborn as well a rigid character as well, the Queen. So she's always, you know. I was thinking, right? Who's in the news, Taurus? I mean, can you think of anyone in the news, Taurus? Or maybe they're about to leap into the news when Jupiter makes it. I think, into, I think we're going to have a lot of
1: Taurians in the news in the next year. Yeah, I, think, I always think because I think of the the, uh, you know, George Clooney,
0: and he's uh, another classic. <laughs> always, I always think
1: of George Clooney. I think of George <laughs> Clooney in the morning. Mm. Yeah, uh, Tony Blair, of course, is. A uh, taurus yeah um a son taurus uh, his birthday same day as this coming coronation that's interesting timing mm-hmm. um yeah i mean and, and well you know in for me it's a family affair you know my child is a taurus yes. um and yes. has like, all the you know many of the classic taurus characteristics of being you know a delight and a beauty a great beauty um and also stubborn um persistent, hardworking. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it's one it's a great sign. Uh it's the fixed earth sign. So I do feel that it, you know, without Taurus would we all be floating off in a in a daze. You know, it's that it's a sign that really holds the zodiac in a way, you know, like all the fixed signs. Mm. It pins the thing down, but Taurus more than anybody else. It reminds us that we are connected to the earth.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it takes us back to basics, doesn't it? I always think, you know, whenever I talk with Taurians, it's kind of financial, emotional security. It's just the basics of life. Get those in place. Get a safe base and then grow from there. And also beauty, another. I mean, it's ruled by Venus, one of the two star signs ruled by Venus. Very when you when you. I was going to say very beautiful. I mean, Taurians can be incredibly beautiful, Mm -hmm. Um, and that and beauty that takes us out into nature and the world as well.
1: It's a flower. It's a sign in the northern hemisphere. This is the sign of of the flowering. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is the moment. May is the month when this not just this country but across the northern hemisphere um and quite far south as well that flowers come you know Mm. and we understand that we are living in in great beauty if you go down into nature
0: yeah Yeah. beautiful world Um, so should we have a start having a look at what's going on in this Very intriguing and interesting month ahead. And we're probably going to start with the solar eclipse in Aries, actually. It's kind of Aries and Taurus are really sort of, they're not moving over um, in a definitive way, are they, at the moment? This kind of Aries is being dragged into Taurus season. And, you know, it's kind of not letting go quite with Jupiter and Aries until the middle of May. And then the solar eclipse in Aries right at the end of the star sign almost kind of pulling itself into Taurus season i think the sun changes sign and moves into Taurus only 4 hours after the eclipse on the 20th of april which is quite incredible timing isn't it it couldn't be more at the end of aries this eclipse
1: yeah and it's the is it the first one that we're having in this series it is it yeah. is it's
0: the first eclipse so you going to put the eclipse up
1: Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just a bit distracted.
0: Um, Yeah. It's the first eclipse in a new cycle, Aries-Libra, falling across the Aries-Libra axis. It starts now, April 2023. It will run till March 2025. And I think what's particularly interesting about this eclipse cycle is that apart from one, they're all solar eclipses. So the new moon eclipses. Um, sometimes that's the other way around and you get more lunar or full moon eclipses, but they're solar. So the, they're these kind of power points of energy. I mean, solar eclipses can be about new beginnings, things starting, but usually because this is eclipse law in a way, usually after an ending. And interesting that this eclipse coming up on the 20th of April is at 2950 Aries. I mean, Literally, right at the end of the star sign. So there's obvious. So there's this obvious theme of endings and new beginnings um, with it. And also, just to kind of back that theme up, it's square to Pluto in a dissociate aspect, isn't it? The Sun makes the square to Pluto just as it moves into Taurus um, a few hours after the eclipse. So it's really powerful astrology. Mm. This. I mean, what do you make of it? Do you like it? Do you kind of? fear it what what's well, what's your
1: take on it what i would say about it is the following that it is as you say beginnings and endings i think it's incredibly powerful because of its placement in this particular degree whenever you have anything in the 29th degree or the or the zero degree in a mm-hmm. sign it gives it much more welly you know it gives it more impact so it's sort of an eclipse squared. Um. And uh the fact that it's squaring Pluto is really, really important because in Pluto's just dipped into Aquarius and in about eight days it's gonna um ten days it's gonna go retrograde and start going back out of backing out of Aquarius um so basically and and also actually the sun it's like this eclipse is almost straddles Aries and Taurus really, because it starts in Aries, but, you know, it's just finishing. It finishes off and then it's straight into Taurus. Mm. So again, we have this kind of shaking of this fixed axis, you know, it's like it blasts into Taurus. Mm. Do I like it or dislike it? I mean, it's also, it makes it because of the conjunction to Jupiter, it's empowered again. Um, So for anybody, for an air, for Aries, for example, you know, this is huge. It's a huge shift. It's a huge change. If you have any planets around that that end of Aries, beginning of Taurus, there's something's going to happen. You know, it may be just letting go of some idea, but I think it's an incredible eclipse for just allowing stuff to finish, allowing stuff to end. And I have noticed already, we're recording this on um, a few days before, obviously, because we published on the 18th. But I've noticed that already since the 6th of April, since we kind of, since the last um, full moon, that loads of stuff has been happening that is eclipsy, that's endings, it's to do with endings.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, people are dropping things. People are having to make very big decisions, which is a t- tricky thing to do on an eclipse. But sometimes you're forced into it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh. Yes, yeah that we're already in the vortex, you know, we're already being pulled into the energy of this eclipse now. And yeah. I find that quite interesting because that doesn't always happen. Not every eclipse has got this much power behind it, but mm. this has got a huge, I feeling like it's got a huge sucking power and like, we're all swirling around the, you know, I want to say the drain, but yeah. um, that maybe there's a better way of putting that. The other thing is, you know, the actual, North node. This is a north node eclipse, not a south node eclipse. Uh, but the actual north node is still in Taurus. Um, so we've got the eclipse happening in Aries, but the node itself is in Taurus. Yeah. And the reason it's a total eclipse is because it's really close to that node.
0: Yeah. yeah um, It's actually, I mean, that's I was reading up about it um, in one of the astronomy websites. It's a what's called a hybrid eclipse this one coming up which is quite unusual they only happen once a decade and it means that depending where you are in the world it will look different you can get a total an annular or a partial eclipse and then you see things differently like the total the moon blocks the sun annular the moon is slightly within the sun partial you get that kind of little smile of the sun Um, and this is going to be a hybrid eclipse so it depends where you are what it's going to look like. I think it either be annular or total, but I thought that's quite interesting as well. Cause there's, for me, there's something about this eclipse that maybe it is about being able to change your perspective on something. Mm-hmm. If you look at a situation from a different way, maybe that gives you insights and enables you to move on. I think this eclipse is so much about moving on. I mean, for Libra relationship, what relationship do you need to leave behind or move on from? Um, so, yeah, think about this eclipse as what can, how can I shift my perspective to make the right moves um, moving forward? And I think also, you know, there's when we get these new eclipse cycles starting, this is moving into the cardinal signs. And I often find these eclipses are more powerful for the cardinal signs or the the mode of the star sign that they're in. So Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, you know, this is the big areas of life. It's you, the other person, it's you relationships or it's past future homework. So for the cardinal signs as well, I think this is a really powerful eclipse to kind of focus on and to use in some way, actually.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's very clear that for example, Cancer, this is a big eclipse for cancerians especially if you were born until the end of the sign it could be something to do with your parents or your job these are the major major things in your life there's something that's going to change someone's going to come someone's going to go um and the same is true you know for um actually i was thinking it's interesting uh, for capricorn um you know something in the foundations of your life is changing Um, but also because it's, it slides between Aries and Taurus, you know, you could say for Capricorn, but also for Aquarius, something at the foot of your life is changing and, um, it's for cancer, but also for Leo, something at the top of your life is changing. I think for a lot of people who have been, um, going through changes that have been to do with this series of eclipses that we've had in Taurus Scorpio. So that's the last 18 months. So wherever those changes have been taking place, this may be the final end of that changing phase as well. So there's one lot of people for whom this is the beginning of a whole changing phase and another lot for whom it's the end. And for the fixed signs, that is Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, Scorpio, you're going to have one more fixed eclipse but by then the nodes will have moved into a different um will have moved into aries and libra so this is the big one this is the big full stop the ending of that process of change that you've been going through for 18 months and i and it's somehow it's got fireworks it's got mm-hmm. but it's like a it's explosive you know there's something about this eclipse that is very dramatic um i feel I'm actually thinking also about, you know, some people are like just finishing their exam, starting their exam season here, you know, um, and the so that's university people, at university and people at school are starting that season of finishing off the academic year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're into that, you know, the bit where you really have to power through and really get your head down. Mm. I find that quite interesting that it's starting with this eclipse, right? That's it. Finished. This is the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, just when you're talking about the Taurus-Scorpio eclipses, which we're going to be looking at one, but and the final ones at five degrees, it's a lunar eclipse cutting across five degrees Taurus, five degrees Scorpio. So the North Node is kind of triggering that now. Yeah. So I do think, yeah, as you say, that cycle is completing now. But for me, with this, this, you know, the new moon solar eclipse in Aries as well, it's about it's about courage. It's about being brave enough to bring something to an end so you can have new beginnings in another area. Um, and it may be time to drop something. I mean, I do.
1: If there's something that you've been hanging on to thinking, oh, this is going to resolve. This is going to work out. I'm going to hang on to it. I mean, I, for Libra, this would be like a relationship, right? It mm-hmm. so may the moment to think, actually, it may never resolve. I better just, I, it's better for me to just to drop this thing yeah. and move on. You know, yeah. I had the experience and the experience was the thing, yeah. um, you know, and, and, um, you know, it, obviously that'll be different depending on where this ends um, and, and where it falls for you rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, it's, For, say, some Pisces, for instance, you know, this could be something to do with a way of earning money that finishes. You know, you're not going to be earning money like that anymore. You need to move on.
0: Yeah. And the same for Virgo, I would say as well. You know, it's the the money access. So it could apply to Virgo as well. So, yeah, it's about where it falls um, in your horoscope.
1: And being brave enough to let go of something um, big as well. So this is not like some minor, like I'm letting go, I'm, you know, I'm changing my shoes. Yeah. Hey, this is a big thing that you might want to let go of, because actually, it's, it's also blocking.
0: Yeah. And I think from, you know, the other thing with eclipses is that, I mean, as you're listening to this on the podcast, you might not be that aware of what this is about for you. But I think with eclipses, you know, they do bring what's hidden to light. So they're often involved with external events, Things that happen that are these turning points or signposts in life. So, as well, really listen out and watch for what's going on on or around this eclipse, because you might get a sign or guidance about what this is about as well. And you probably
1: already are. I mean, as we're, because there's this, the thing about eclipse season is that there is this run up to it. Um, And, you know, a lot of astrologers, me included, would say that, you know, the eclipses then may have some kind of uh, effect over the following six months. But there is definitely this powerful pull into an eclipse season that begins two weeks beforehand, really, yeah. you know, from that, the previous lunation, and then carries on into the two weeks afterwards. Mm. So we're, we have the eclipse coming on the 20th. Then we have the next eclipse on the fifth, okay. and then there's the two weeks after that. And that is the eclipse season. So these two weeks before and the two weeks afterwards. So it's a quite a long period. It's a six weeks period. Um, and so pay attention during that time. So you have this, uh, a pair, the pair of eclipse, the, the eclipses come together, you know, uh, um, you, you should always think of them as a pair rather than just a one off. Yeah. Um, and that, space between the eclipses is really important too that time between the two weeks in between that the eclipses and that particularly pay attention then of what's being what's going yes um, then the next thing is sometimes the second eclipse is what's coming in
0: okay and also I mean this you know because traditionally traditionally you say an eclipse wait for a couple of days, see what comes to light then make a decision. So eclipses aren't necessarily great dates to kind of choose to take action, be decisive, start something new. But what's interesting about this eclipse is that Mercury turns retrograde the day after it, on Friday the 21st. Um, And if you're looking at the chart, you can see Mercury at 15 Taurus. It's almost getting to Uranus again, this theme of spontaneity being impulsive, but then pulls back. Turns retrograde and it will go back to five degrees Taurus, again, that degree of where the North Node is, where the eclipse is coming in October. So there's some kind of pattern playing out. And with Mercury being retrograde from April 21st to May 15th, you know, this is whatever takes place on or around this eclipse on 20th of April, it's probably wise to let it bed in, let it settle, take your time. Before rushing into anything new, it's a really kind of fine line to walk. I think during this eclipse season, but that Mercury and retrograde, you know, there's it, it, and interesting too. Mercury retrograde often there's a hidden theme. Things come to light when Mercury turns direct. Eclipses again a hidden theme. So there there are things that you may not understand. You may not be able to get to grips with. You may want to review, reassess, and then things really leap out start moving mid-may so it's this really interesting kind of period going on um
1: yeah i wouldn't even say it's about bedding down because i think it's like almost like you might look into the you might find there's no bottom mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know you look into the into the hole or whatever and you see oh wait a second there is actually no bottom to that hole Mm -hmm. um so I would be very cautious actually about looking over, you know, you're looking over the edge of something, right? Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the coronation? Uh, because I think this is absolutely fascinating that the coronation of Charles the third is happening in the midst of this tumultuous, this season of uncertainty. Um, I would say, and I actually the, 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 the idea of uncertainty is um the feeling of uncertainty, not knowing the future, is hasn't ne- hardly hasn't been so powerful in a long time. I mean, we've been um, you know, a few a decade or so ago, the future seemed to be more certain, but we've been becoming into increasingly uncertain times as the years have gone on.
0: Mm-hmm. And this
1: is a moment of great uncertainty, I would say.
0: Yeah, and I just I just want to sort of pick up on before we sort of leap into the coronation on a personal level, I think that's really important with this month coming up. Mm -hmm. You know, with the this Mercury retrograde, it feels like a really powerful Mercury retrograde. And I think it is about it's okay not to know. It's okay to be unsure, it's okay to feel unsettled, it's okay to kind of wait. And it's okay to pull back from the brink. Yeah, yeah. You know? You've got
1: people who are saying you have to go forward. Forward is the only way because blah blah blah. Don't pull back from the brink. And it's interesting that we're they're talking about this AI moratorium. Back to that, you know, which is Uranus, of course, is con- uh, is uh, um, connected to AI and computers, etc. And Mercury goes retrograde just before that. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll see what happens um Mm. Mm. but i would say it's a great time to pull back from the brink of making a really uh huge decision
0: yeah and and particularly um i think for the fixed star signs with this as well i mean leo it's in your career sector Taurus, personal sector scorpio relationship sector aquarius home family sector perhaps so i mean sorry I
1: didn't mean to speak over you. Um, but Leo, you can you can, you know, change your mind about your career, for example. You know, mm-hmm. during this period, um, you don't have to power forward. You can change your mind about, you know, uh what your next move is and actually just wait.
0: Yeah, just wait because also Jupiter moves into Taurus mid-May. Yeah. So that's when the prize comes. That's when, you know, the right move, the time to make the right move comes. So it really there's 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 this theme of sort of holding back and waiting. So I just wanted to kind of add that in before yeah. we get to Charles and his coronation, which is incredibly fascinating timing, isn't it? I um mean,
1: Yeah, it's it's, shall I put Charles's coronation up? Would you like that? Yeah, put yeah, the
0: coronation up because this falls after the eclipse on There's an eclipse on May the 5th, which is at 14 Scorpio. So part of this Taurus-Scorpio cycle, um, which is coming to an end this year. Um, and May the 6th. And May the 6th, May 5th, May 6th are often dates that I know Beltane is traditionally May 1st, May Day. But May 5th and 6th is actually the period that's halfway between the equinox and the solstice. So it's seen as real sort of deep midsummer. Um, And it's also I was listening to a lecture, um, really fascinating, talking about the significance of the 6th of May and how in many countries around the world that is actually St. George's Day, because of the two different calendars julian calendar gregorian calendar but more importantly there's a lot of significance of the color green and it's re- relationship with the green man um and and i mean that that has been i don't know if anyone's heard about what's happening with the invitation
1: i will, I will actually put the invitation up on this um on the screen as well because it's so fantastic actually it's so
0: In <laughs> It's so richly, it's such Taurus, isn't it? such a Taurus invitation. Um, this, yeah, there's been controversy because the green man is on the invitation to the coronation. So, you know, it's saying, oh, this is a symbol of paganism. Um, and this shouldn't be on this event. There's been quite a lot going on about it. It was fascinating to read. I mean, absolutely. Well, this is what Prince Charles, this is what Prince Charles represents, isn't it? He's bringing something different, something new. He's always been known for his for his woo-woo, for his interest in, you know, metaphysics, the sacred, um, nature, his love of nature. And his nature, you know, the, that mix between nature and paganism. There you go. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, for those of you who are looking in on the video, it's absolutely stunning. It's full of flowers and and green, and the green man at the bottom. It's this gorgeous invitation. So if you're not looking on the video, do go and check it out. Yeah, um, I think it's a really strong statement for his coronation.
1: Um, it's fantastic. So basically, it's got uh, the green man being crowned at the bottom um with the crown with the acorn on his head you know with oak trees oak leaves coming out of his mouth and it's covered in beautiful flowers and <clears throat> beautiful um it's like an illuminated um thing like an illuminated man- manuscript with all the flowers of this country the wildflowers of this country um violets and um daffodils and wild roses and an interesting, is that a blue boar? Um, there's a blue boar in the bottom left-hand corner. I mean, it is full of symbolism. It's mm. so the thing that you probably know about Charles already, but the thing to emphasize is this is a person who has lived a life where he has been, we know that he's very interested in sacred geometry that he is uh, as an astrologer that he is interested in the symbolism and what it means to be the symbolic meaning of kingship, not just the act, you know, the, you know, having wearing the bling, but the symbolic meaning. And it means I would suggest that this green man is he's talking about his role as protector of the islands, Mm -hmm. protector of this country and protector of the, nature of this country because he's been an environmentalist since the seventies. Um, you know, all of his many vast holdings, vast estates are organic, you know, they're not. And and they are. Um, he's always made this attempts to be organic, you know, to bring on the green agenda here. Um, and he may not have been able to, he's not going to be able to influence um policy because that's not how the you know he's not that kind of king but he can influence f- the feeling and i think that he has quite a, as a scorpio you know he has quite a deep understanding of the the mystical power of kingship and that's what this invitation is about it's about the mysticism yeah Um definitely no, Beth- it's interesting that also there's a C in the middle, which stands for Charles, but also stands for Camilla, with these two, with the little robin. And is that a wren? What kind of bird is that? I'm not very good at birds. I think it's um, a wren. In, in the middle there, beside the strawberries mm-hmm. and the um, pinks and the violets. Um, mm-hmm. And the columbine there is so sweet. It's a very beautiful invitation. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the chart for this. I'll get that up. Um, The chart for this coronation and how that relates to the um, invitation.
0: Yeah, and it's important to say, I think, that, you know, the coronation is happening the day after an eclipse. And and sometimes people go, oh, why is it happening near an eclipse? Surely that's not a good thing. But the eclipses have always been about the leaders of this country. It's the king Mm -hmm. is the sun. The moon is the queen. And eclipses, they often show the sort of rise and fall of leaders. Um, and this royal family in particular, as we were saying earlier, you know, they do everything on eclipses. They do everything on eclipses. He was born on one. Um, there's births, there's marriages, there's divorces, there's deaths on eclipses. So, you know, that's that just kind of is, is perfect symbolism in a way that, again, this important event is happening on the back of a, a Taurus Scorpio eclipse. He has the sun in um, Scorpio. He has the moon in Taurus. So he's very in tune with what's happening up out in the universe as well. Um, and of
1: course, the queen was a sun Taurus. Yeah. And this is, you know, the queen is dead, long live the king. That's yeah. what we're doing. So this is the burial, of the final uh, burial of the queen, goodbye, and the beginning of his. You know, this is his coronation at this at this moment,
0: yeah.
1: uh, and it's interesting. You know, Leo is rising, and of Royal
0: course, Royal
1: um, I do notice that Lilith and Leo is rising too. So there is a a dark fairy at the feast. Okay. I would suggest, like as in Sleeping Sleeping Beauty, you know, there's, there is a something at the feast that is a, a fairy um, uh, that brings some kind of darkness mm-hmm. to that. A Chiron is on the midheaven, which is interesting, because mm. Charles himself is very Chironic. You know, he's got a Sun-Chiron conjunction, I think. And Jupiter is at the top of the chart as well.
0: Yeah, and it's noticeable that it's a very full 10th house. The Sun is the ruler of the Leo ascendant in Taurus. And heading to Uranus, there'll be a Sun-Uranus conjunction. I mean, so Uranus is pulled into this eclipse on the 5th of May as well. And I think, you know, that Sun-Uranus, he is I think he does have an alternative side, Sun King, Uranus, all things kind of unconventional in a way. I think this there is a side of him, and with this invitation and the, um, you know, associations with the green man, I think he is trying to bring something new, different alternative um, to his kingship as well. So fascinating that the Sun Uranus is there.
1: Yeah, and I notice also that Juno is there. So Juno is in Gemini. Uh, Juno is the sign of queenship, so to speak, of the queen. And, of course, Camilla is part of this in a way that we haven't seen. Mm. Um, you know, she's the other sea with this. And maybe she's also, I mean, there's the, the, the Lilith situation. We'll see what happens with that.
0: Well, but, yeah, the, I was going to say that, you know, Juno in Gemini and Lilith, I mean, it immediately makes me think of his other wife, Diana.
1: Yeah, the the ghost of Diana there. Uh, yes, perhaps I was thinking that also. This is a shared regality, you know. Uh, Gemini, it's the twins, mm-hmm. it's him and her. Um, and there's something about that that's quite powerful. Also, the moon's in Scorpio, um, which is good for him, right? It's on yep. his. Uh, uh, he's got moon. He's got moon at zero. Taurus and sun at 22 Scorpio in his life. So the moon's on his sun. Hmm. So the other thing that is the mystical side of being a king, of course, is that he's marrying the land. This is a, this is a marriage between him and the country. Hmm. Um, so we'll see if that if this entire mystical uh, combination, we'll see how that works.
0: Yeah, we'll <laughs> see how it plays out, whether it'll stay hidden or be more mainstream. Um, or out in the out in the world.
1: Well, this this is desperate. I mean, we're in a desperate straits at the moment in terms of the water in this country. Which we've talked about on this before, um, and we need someone to come and fix that because yeah. it's been horribly polluted in the last five years or so um, under this government. there have been no there's been no holding back on uh, pumping sewage into our water system. systems and it's had a terrible terrible effect on the environment
0: yeah yeah i mean just not taking care of the land i mean it's you know there's no been no husbandry of the land it's really
1: is the word isn't it
0: yeah and who knows what charles can do but this i like this coronation chart and i like what he's his statement behind it um and i do wonder whether he was you know how how much he was involved with choosing the date probably a lot um So also we need to talk a little bit about this eclipse, don't we, for what it means for, um, you know, on a personal level. The rest of us plebs. The rest of us plebs. I mean, what does it mean? I mean, it's, you know, it takes place on May the 5th. It's at um, 14 degrees, isn't it? 14 degrees Scorpio, Taurus, a lunar full moon eclipse and resonates back to the eclipse on November, November the 8th, which was at 16 degrees. So you know you often get these eclipse degrees kind of pairing up sometimes so it may be that events in November are foreground again now or it may be that something that you know flourished around that first eclipse or was revealed around that first eclipse maybe is a better word is now back in focus again or maybe completing in some way too um But yeah, I mean, for partnership, I mean, Taurus, Scorpio, it is about lunar eclipses are often about relationships, partnership. I often think with lunar eclipses, you know, it's what triangle situation are you in? It's like you're in a situation where who wins, who loses. It's much more about people anyway. So for Taurus and Scorpio, this eclipse is really powerful for relationships, partnerships. Who's in charge? Who's the one with the power? and that may become more evident or um be revealed during this eclipse
1: yeah and it i mean this has also probably been a process that you've been going through yeah and that's what i do feel that there's this interesting sense of endings with that um the first eclipse on the 20th of um april and then that that process is continuing here you know, Mm. maybe less dramatically. It's got less, there's less drama to this eclipse than the the previous one. Um, And uh, so, because it's not as, um, it's not as bold as the last eclipse, is it? No. Um, But it's interesting also that a few days later, Jupiter moves into Taurus and is at zero degrees of Taurus quite soon. So we have this eclipse that's, Across that Scorpio Taurus axis, and then we have Jupiter moving into Taurus. So there's so much activity at the moment. Um, s- there's still so much activity across that Taurus Scorpio axis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but and- still, there's still a theme of kind of being in the dark a bit during this eclipse because Mercury remains retrograde, doesn't it? And that the powerful turning point this month is when you know Mercury turns direct on the fifteenth Jupiter moves into Taurus on the sixteenth and then there's going to be a new moon as well in Taurus on May nineteenth again right at the end of the sign so it really is worth treading slowly
1: yeah I definitely think so Se- treading slowly seeing what comes out what what happens mm-hmm. and not um and not being pushed into anything <clears throat> yeah you know yeah. um I and um i think that things will be kind of revealed gradually at this point um it's a lot you know it's a great time though having said all that for finding out secrets discovering that stuff in the attic all of those mercury retrograde things are even more exaggerated now
0: yeah. um, yeah, and, and particularly interesting that you're talking about, that makes me think for Gemini, because, you know, Mercury is Gemini's planet, it's retrograde in Taurus, the most hidden sector of your horoscope. So time really to dig deep into things, dig deep into the past, look at what can, you know, personal issues that may need, may need some light on them slowly. Yeah. Um
1: for Libra as well, isn't it? You know, looking
0: underneath that rock. <laughs> yeah, It's being willing to go into places that are dark. It's being willing to sort of move into the unknown, to explore things a bit more that have been hidden and stuff that, you know, may be taboo. It may be things that you've not wanted to um, go and look at. Also, I'd say, you know, with Mercury retrograde, um, for for Virgo, again, your planet, this is in your travel and study sector. So I would imagine it's a time not to rush into big decisions in those areas. There may be changes that come, there may be events that happen that mean you're wise to wait a little um, until the middle of the month before then saying yes to opportunities. Yes. I mean,
1: and also fantastic for study, you know, yeah for revising this is the like the or um uber eclipse stroke Mercury retrograde season for re- revision um and from you know the, and when i say revising i also mean editing your own house for example you know getting rid of stuff throwing things away be careful on not throw away anything that you, is precious to you but throwing away the trash um i feel this is a this eclipse season is very much about throwing away the trash also getting ready for this new phase when jupiter goes into taurus which is going to be a big deal by the way because jupiter and uranus are in taurus so we become very taurian and when it goes into taurus it immediately makes a hard aspect to pluto yep that's its first its greeting into taurus is like right here I'm going to be really harsh with you, from Pluto, and Pluto is in Aquarius, the sign that's actually partially ruled by Uranus. So there's again there's this whole uh, story going on around th- Aquarian themes mm. yeah. um, that Jupiter walks straight into, and Jupiter, you know, Taurus is is a practical sign, wanting mm. to have practical effects, you know, um, and it may run up against Pluto in some way.
0: Mm. Yeah, and what a powerful time for Aquarius, uh, mm. Jupiter, when it once it moves into Taurus, it'll be at the base of your horoscope and having Pluto in your star sign um square to it. I mean that's it's it's a time really to dig back into the past. It's a time really to sort of You know, get a bigger picture on what's been happening with maybe family, with home, with legacy, with ancestry and looking at where you're going with that, where you want to break free, move on. Mm -hmm. So it's a really powerful square that's coming up. I mean, that's exact on the 18th, the Jupiter-Pluto square. Real rush of powerful planetary energy kind of blowing open in a way this eclipse a Mercury retrograde season, isn't it? It's fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really strong one. I would, you know, be paying close attention at that um on the 18th with that square. Um it's exact then, but you know, it's as soon as Jupiter moves into um Taurus, you're feeling it. And even these eclipses are um the the nodes are pretty much squaring that Pluto through this whole period that we're talking about. Yes. So that, and that's a really considered a really important point in astrology, that 90 degree angle to the nodes. Um, So there's a lot, and then I'm back to my AI obsession, but, you know, there's a lot of change going around with that. And this, uh, these, uh, you know, stop, start, and you can, you may be able to see that personally in your life somehow where is it that you need to put the brakes on?
0: Yeah. Um, also, I mean, you've got to bring up the theme of money. Yeah. The Scorpio eclipse cycle has been, you know, we've seen real swings in the financial sectors. And Jupiter, Pluto, when you get those two um, planets together, it's often they're both about they're both about wealth. Jupiter is about abundance wealth Pluto's about hidden wealth so it can be big wins but big loses as well so this could be a really powerful and important month for the money markets too with a lot of you know highs and lows going on um, so particularly Aries Libra keep an eye on all of that because Taurus Scorpio is your your money axis but I mean it out in the world what's happening will will impact so so really notice what's happening in the money markets too I would say
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) just banking in general, right, or money in general. Because one of the things that we've been wondering about all along is, what does Uranus and Taurus mean? Does it mean, you know, that we're all going to do crypto? What I don't know. What turns out that's not the thing. Although, you can't. Mm -hmm. Cash is going. That's the departure of cash is incredible. I mean, I've been in my high street recently, and a lot of shops just don't take cash anymore. Um, and that's the Uranus and Taurus because Taurus is a very sort of cash science about money, you know, actual money, whereas Scorpio is more the idea of money, I guess, or the investment. Um, and this story about the banks and the big wobble that we had, this is not going away. No, this is not going away. It's not like, oh, it's all okay now. When, Pluto goes back into Capricorn, there will be more about this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Pluto moving in and out of Capricorn until November twenty twenty four. Yeah. You There's know, the, a- t- these Taurus Scorpio eclipses till later this year. But yeah, it's not going away. It's going it's going to be, you know, really significant shifts. The organizing. whole
1: structure of how of cap you know, capitalism basically. That's Pluto and Capricorn is changing and we ha- we don't know which way it's going yet but these eclipses are part of that story aren't they yeah
0: they are and also i suspect this jupiter pluto square will be pivotal there too yeah,
1: yeah definitely um and whether we know it or not cause sometimes these things are hidden
0: sometimes they are and there's a real hidden theme to this month coming isn't there so yeah real yeah. hidden theme secrets secrets being revealed but being willing to take a step back and, you know, allowing yourself not to know. That's important advice for me because I find that quite tough at times, but I think it is the way forward over the next, over the next few weeks. Exciting times coming up, eh, Christina? Yeah. And I was just actually just finally, I was going
1: to say about this uh, spy scandal going on in the States at the moment. That's also part of this theme of, uh espionage things that are hidden secrets coming out um and i think we'll see more things like this uh in the next uh four weeks actually um and i wonder sal is it a good time to bury your own secrets or should you be worried that they're going to be revealed because, of course, astrology can go either way, can't it? You can either end up and it's, you know, is it the good time to bury bad news, so to speak?
0: Well, both. <laughs> if you yeah, bury secrets, you're always worried they're going to be revealed. You know, that's, that's the whole process of burying secrets, trying to bury the past. It can always come back. Maybe it comes back later at a different time. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong advice on that, I don't think. You have to do trust. Yeah. That's right for you.
1: Yeah, I would say don't have any secrets, but we all have secrets. We all have, secrets. We all have,
0: secrets. We all have secret lives, says the Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, well I'll see
0: you next month. Yep, we'll see you all next month. Thanks for listening in. Bye.
1: Bye.